right, everybody. Welcome to the Robert John the Wreck podcast. We are a five-piece rock and roll band that travels the world, drinking local drinks, eating local foods, and melting faces. I'm Robert. I'm Warren. I'm Henry. And I'm Andrew. Wow. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to episode 85, everybody. Dang. 85. Thanks for being here. Thanks for hanging out with us and listening to us talk about nonsense. Well done, guys. Well done. I don't know why you keep showing up, but you do. And we have a good time, so. We do. And we, I know John is very concerned about what we're drinking, but before we get into that, Warren, how was your weekend? Oh, I get to start it off. This is great. Because I feel like we all kind of did. We all have probably had the same <laughs> highlight. Um, my highlight of the weekend was getting to play at Docent's four-year anniversary party yesterday uh as anybody knows who watches the podcast we are very big docent fans um and it was their four-year anniversary they make the most amazing beer in the world and not only that everybody there is a world-class person really really great people they've really made themselves a staple of the community in a lot of different ways and uh we are proud to know those guys and proud to be invited to play their events. And um, it was a lot of fun to just play again and get that, get that muscle going. Um, so that was super fun. And then um, I did, we also did the, uh, we set up the event for Sega Genocide, who played the night before on Saturday. And of course, I don't think those guys have played in a while and they absolutely brought down the house. Um, that band is smoking uh, as they always were. And it was a very typical Sega night where you see all of your friends and people are jumping up and down, screaming the lyrics. I think Amanda knows every lyric to every song. Um, she was definitely getting into some of those when we were talking there in the back. So shout out to you, Amanda, for getting into Sega. Sega ruled. We got to play. We drank some good beers. It was a fucking great weekend. How was your weekend, Robert? It was just as good as what uh, you just said. Um, you know, we, we got to play at Docent, which is like family. Um, and we just set up in the, in the parking lot and just had like a, a big party, if you will. Um, great food, great beer, and great people. And uh, it just, we got to play at Hangar 24 a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it was nice to like get kind of the rust off in a way, um, just to be able to play again. And I felt like the rust has kind of like been taken off. So we kind of just got to do what we normally do and just play for friends and, and just have a great time on Sunday. So that was just a really enjoyable day. Uh, thank you to Dosen for having us and, and taking care of uh, everyone. We also got to play with our friends in a band called Great North Special, which Warren is subbing on bass for them as well. And they're one of my favorite bands down here in Orange County, as well as being full of, you know, our friends in the band. So that was really fun just to sit back and listen to all the jams that they do, uh, that you guys do <laughs> since Warren was do doing double duty. <clears throat> I skipped uh, so I if you, um, if you're looking for some other great music out there, go check out great North special. They have some originals on uh, Spotify and everything. And there's a great band. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, Sega genocide at hangar 24 was always just a sight to see. Um, Another great, great night. Henry, how was your weekend? Uh, I mean, I can't really elaborate too much more <laughs> than um, I unfortunately missed uh, Saturday. I had something else come up, and uh, 
could not be there, but uh, I was there in spirit. I was sending my good vibes that way. I knew it was happening, and uh, I'm bummed I missed it. Um, I'm sure it was fantastic, though. Um, I felt like I had a great time at Docent, uh, specifically playing. Um, we had our first show in a while last week, and I really feel like it, it takes you a couple times to kind of get back in the groove. And I felt like I was in it. I mean, I felt like I was like, I was really feeling it. I was really feeling the tone. I was really feeling playing the solos and like really just vibing with playing music again, because that first gig we did as great as it was, it was, it was weird because we haven't done it in so long. And so I felt like that sort of opened the gates a little bit for me to sort of, uh, kind of loosen up and, um, yeah, the gig uh, yesterday afternoon was just great. And obviously, Great North Special was excellent. Uh, you killed it, Warren. And the rest of the guys killed it, too. And it was just what I needed. It was it was really, really nice to get to do that again and uh, get to play some guitar solos and do the thing and have fun with some friends. And, yeah, I, that's about it for me. Um, and uh, I just did a rehearsal Tonight, I literally just got home from a rehearsal for my own project, uh, King Train the Earth Mothers. We have a new lineup, and we're we're doing it, and I'm really excited for that. Um, it's sounding really awesome. I'm really excited for it. Uh, really excited to get back into playing shows with that project as well. Um, more psychedelic stuff. Um, yeah, so all in all, I mean, great. Uh, up, up to now, you know, it's, it's going really well. Uh, how about for you, Andrew? So you guys aren't going to believe this, but I also <laughs> went to the Sega Genocide show, and I also played the show on Sunday. But the difference is, I didn't have to work at the Sega Genocide show on Saturday, so I got to drink and have fun at the Sega Genocide show. Which, when I realized it, the whole second set, I was just talking to Warren in the back. <laughs> I wasn't actually like doing anything or hanging out. And I had a couple friends that I had recommended because I had friends who came to the Robert John show and they're like, oh, I didn't know this was going on. And I recommended them to go to the Sega show and they came too. So I got to see a bunch of old friends that I went to high school with as well. Um, so that was cool. And then I might have had a little too much to drink that night. So I ended up staying at a friend's house in Orange County. And I had the trek from, so I had to go back to my car from where I was sleeping so I had to go from Fullerton <laughs> to Costa Mesa, which was like 45 minutes. Then from Costa Mesa back to Pasadena, which was like an hour and 15 because there's like traffic. Then um, from Pasadena down to San Juan Capistrano. Is that where Dosen is? Is that the city or is it San? Yeah, San Juan Is that correct? Yeah. They're all San Juan somethings down there, so I get confused because I'm not from around there. Um <laughs> And, yeah, I was in a car very hungover on Sunday for four hours. And I was in my car listening to Great North Special, and they were amazing. And I'm really sad I didn't get to watch them as much as I could have. But I listened to them, and, God, they got great guitar players, great soloists. And then um, they have a percussionist and a drummer and, you know, Andrew Cordini playing rhythm and then Warren playing bass. The rhythm section was just so fun and tight and it just moves, you know what I mean? So you don't have to think about anything too much because there's a lot of people keeping time 
and that just makes for like a more consistent thing that moves and it's sort of like you know completely different than our band so it's just fun to see that you know go and that like you know all lays it down and they have a ton of fun with stuff so i really enjoyed them too i wanted one of those shirts but they didn't have one of my size <laughs> i was literally just gonna like buy it myself and leave money on the table but i was like no i want one of the tie-dye ones um, yeah, but they were great. And then by the time I felt good, by the time we were playing the show, so um, we played that first <clears> note, and it just felt so great. And I felt probably about the same thing that everyone else is talking about. We're like, oh, the dust is off, and now we're just going for it, you know? Yeah. And the fun part about playing after Great North Special is like, whenever we play after a really, really good band, I have to go like, well, we have to follow that now, and I can't just, you know, like not follow this amazing band that just played and you know and then so what that makes us do more is like from the first note we just go for it instead of sort of like um we have to like win the crowd over there's lots of uh gigs where if you're the first band on or something like that there's just like warm-up time for people they need to like listen they need to drink they need to get into it enough people need to like you know feel what's going on to be interested in you or not and this just like from the first note, it felt like everyone was sort of going for it. So it was fun. It was really fun. And then you saw the people in the audience really going for it as well, you know, because you felt that like, oh, this is what we've been missing from the other people. And then when we're playing down there, it's like almost all familiar faces. So it's cool going like, you know, hey, you're here. You're here. Oh, I haven't <laughs> seen you in forever. You know, like and so, yeah, it just feels like closer to being back. And that was good. Yeah. Well, and uh, speaking of all, uh, a few of us being at the Hangar 24 show with Sega Genocide that we um, are kind of a part of every week, um, our special guest this evening is playing there next Saturday. Um, his name is Seth Richardson, and he's in an amazing band called Moonsville Collective. And let's have him on. Ooh. Yeah. Seth, 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 Seth. Seth. <laughs> Oh, What's God. up, guys? Was he not there? That was hilarious. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> yeah. if you put it up and it was just like a blank square. I'm here. What's up? Can you Yo, hear me? What's up? Yeah. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. So good yeah, to be well, here. The first question we have is, what are you drinking this evening? Well, it's almost gone because you know I've been hanging out for a minute, but it's some mezcal. I got pretty. Look at this. It's ready. It's right here. Not sponsored yet, but I'm Have you guys had this? Madre Uh uh. It's delicious. It's just like the the vibe of it just kinda got me. But it's actually very tasty. My wife makes a pretty mean cocktail, so there's other delicious things in there that I don't really know. Lemony, sweet. Nice. I told Robert I was gonna have whiskey, but we might get get there in a minute. Perfect. Sorry, bud. It's all right. <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> <you down. laughs> <laughs> what about you henry uh before i say that i have to appreciate the fact that if you're watching right now me and seth are adjacent <laughs> to one another st- and we both have the, the fro thing going on i'm gonna keep trying to like make sure i pick it out so we're like yeah <laughs> the fro is bigger <laughs> i love it so right. good dude I remember so we good. connected over that. I, I was playing with you guys uh, with my old band, Professor Colombo, and I was like, yo, yeah. this is my dude right um, here. From brother. Hell yeah. Um, I am yeah. drinking 
surprise, another Pilsner. I always drink Pilsners on here. This is a Trimmer mm. Pilsner. Um, I've had this on the podcast before. They are out of Berkeley, California. It's a nice, refreshing, crisp uh, beer that's, you know, goes well with conversation and hanging out. And uh, <laughs> I love it. It's good. It's very nice. And it's a great way to stay in shape. <laughs> Warren, love what are it. you drinking? I am drinking a docent beer. I'm drinking the Gimme, which is one of their more popular ones. Docent. It's uh, also very convenient that I am temporarily in San Clemente, which is a little bit closer. So I tend to be there more often, and I tend to be drinking their beers more often. So again, if you're ever in Orange County, swing by Docent. They rule. So yeah. What about you, Robert? What you got? Well, I talked to Seth earlier, and me and Seth have had plenty of drunken nights together, um, from the House of Blues to the Wayfair um, to other <laughs> random places. And uh, he told me, like, I, I have a whiskey I'm going to drink tonight. So I was like, cool, I, I'll have some whiskey with you. Now he's drinking mezcal, so I just feel like an asshole. But um, I think I got this for my birthday. Uh, it's, I think it's a pretty popular one. Um, I don't think it's anything crazy in this people think it is i'm drinking a monkey shoulder just on the rocks just a little tad tad pinch of water just to cut it a little bit um mm. but right now it's perfect it's so smooth and um delicious i haven't really drinking um much whiskey lately so it's uh, it's nice to bring it back into my life and uh it's it's tasty it's delicious and there's three monkeys on it <laughs> yeah. that's cool <clears throat> what about you, Andrew? And I, and I also brought the bottle out here with me, so I wouldn't have to go back inside to get it. What are you drinking, Andrew? I am drinking a Hangar 24 Orange Guava. It's very much so a session beer. It's only 4%. I can't taste any alcohol in it whatsoever. <laughs> and I think it's just left over from this weekend. I don't even know how it got in my house, to be honest. I just... Uh, <laughs> Pretty sure you had to have taken it. I was like, how do I have an orange guava from Hanger? And I must have just taken it with me that night. Because <laughs> that's, that's legal. That happens. Wes, Wes came on Friday. That's the first time we crashed in this house. Wes Dixon from Jeremiah Red. Oh, oh and, uh, Wes. It, I, he keeps like recalling these parts of the night on Sunday that I couldn't remember. He's like, do you remember <laughs> when you picked me up last night? And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> apparently i had picked him up like you know um and he said you picked me up by my knees mm. you know what i mean so like you know he's like i thought i was going over the back of your shoulder <laughs> i'm gonna paw my face and i was like i don't remember that part because that was like at, at that point it was probably like three or four in the morning or something like that so <laughs> um no, i thought you meant with your car Oh no! <laughs> yeah, God, same. no, no. There was no driving that went on. You know, <laughs> we're not crazy idiots. So just, just Anymore. So everyone in the uh, as we're talking about yeah. drama, alcohol stories, we do not drive drunks. <laughs> I have a yeah. I have a pretty embarrassing one that involves Seth that maybe we'll say later. I have a pretty um, embarrassing story that involves Seth too. I didn't even think about it, but uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll get into maybe we'll get into that later. That'll be fun. Oh man. Oh boy! But what? Uh, what? While we sip on these beverages, Henry, are you going to play us some tunes? I I am, and um, today is is a cool day uh, in music history. 
because it is the 46th anniversary of the first Jeff Beck solo album. So this differs from previously when we talked about the Jeff Beck group, because this is actually his first solo record. Um, it was released on this day, March 29th in 1975. It's called Blow by Blow. Um, and I think specifically among us guitar players, uh, this is a pretty big record. Um, there's a song on here that was composed by Stevie Wonder called Because We've Ended as Lovers that uh, is, a, is a very popular sort of foray into like the jazz fusion world for guitar players. And I know a lot of guys that like that was like their first sort of like, okay, this is like, this is like, um, it's kind of like, you think about guys like Joe Satriani and um, uh, uh, Steve Vai. This is kind of like one of the earlier incarnations of that sort of thing. It's like an instrumental guitar record involving a lot of jazz and funk influences. Um, when I heard this record, it was a really big deal for me. Um, just hearing the way he sort of does his compositions, Jeff Beck, that is, and, and solos and things like that. And um, I was fortunate enough to see Jeff Beck when I was first learning how to play guitar two or three different times. And uh, I mean, he's, you know, to this day still a really, really big influence on me um, specifically this period of his work, um, the mid seventies. Uh, he was rounded out in the group with keyboard player, Max Middleton, bass player, Phil Chen and drummer, Richard Bailey. And uh, there's even a track on this record called Thelonious that Stevie Wonder plays clavinet on um, that Stevie Wonder also composed. The other yeah. thing that's extremely awesome about this record that I didn't know about until a couple weeks ago is that uh, George Martin, like the George Martin from, you know, of the Beatles, uh, did a bunch of the production. He basically produced this record and also did uh, the orchestral arrangements, which you will hear on one of the songs I'm going to play. Uh, the song songs rather I want to play and it's two because they're a medley um, and they flow into each other. Uh, they're called we'll let it slide right now. We'll let it slide. Okay. <laughs> Just um, it's, it's honestly one of my favorite sequences of music, honestly. Um, and uh, it's, it's just amazing the way this whole thing flows together. And uh, the, the musicianship on this record is amazing. And um, it is both of its time and ahead of its time. And I think, it's just a great, great record. Um, it really has a lot of substance to it without being overly played in a lot of ways. And uh, I just love it. It's one of my favorite records of all time. Um, I'm going to need a few seconds here to sort this out so that I play it. But um, I will be playing for you guys the two songs off of 1975's Blow by Blow by Jeff Beck, uh, Air Blower and Scatterbrain. So just give me a moment here. And we will have some music. Can something be uh, ahead of its time and of its time at the same time? <laughs> That's like different dimensions sort of shit, dog. Henry, what's the second song called? Scatterbrain.
Yeah. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> Did you? It just comes back in or something. <laughs> <laughs> What's that fade out, dog? Is that fade out? Who made it? Who went to go take out the trash? I feel like Seth did a couple times. <laughs> Not in a bad way. It's just a, a no. That's crazy. There's a lot of crazy stuff in that track. Yeah, it's a it's all over the place. It's good stuff, man. I love that record. Um, that I was cool. I just got back into it uh, a couple months ago um, when I was uh, out visiting my family in Maine and. Um, found it in my stepdad's record collection. He has like a huge, he probably has over a thousand records and um, probably more than that, probably like 2000. And uh, I found blow by blow in there and put it on and was just like, Oh, I really need to get back into this. This is, this is some seriously really good, really, really good stuff. Well, and I think another thing that that track showcases is like obviously you get like the odd time signatures mm-hmm. that he was a big fan of. And he's obviously known for his guitar playing too. But there's something to me about the drum tones that go along with his albums too that are like very like kind of like dry or I don't mm-hmm. I don't really know what to say. Like kind of like, yeah. like Vinnie Kaliuta mm-hmm. kind of thing. I know he plays with Vinnie a lot, so like it's easy to kind of make that reference, but it's funny to me to like listen to that track and maybe that was just the the sound of that time too that like sort of 80s ish or whenever was that mid 70s mid 70s mid 70s is like whatever yeah, that sound definitely was that. like we heard that probably last week with the headhunter stuff too yeah it was like and it was funny because because andrew said this you know at first it's like this 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 sounds like the Headhunters, and it's like, I mean, it's... I thought you were just going to steal my era. comment, not giving credit for it. <laughs> I said, I give you credit. I said you said it. <laughs> I give credit. Don't worry. I got you. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> what were you saying that I said? You no. said it sounded... <laughs> it sounded... I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Like the Headhunters, and I was like, yeah, I mean, it's a similar, you know, it's like the dry 70s drum sounds, and that really, that really punchy... You don't hear bass that sounds like that anymore. You know, the very like mid focused and bass forward kind of vibe, which I really love about specifically that era of music. And hey, you don't that repetition. sound like that anymore. Right. Sorry, go war. I was going to say that repetition thing, that first bass line, that guy plays mm-hmm. the same thing for like the first couple minutes of that yeah. track. Straight. And, Just yeah. going straight on that. Yeah. Yeah. Going. <laughs> Yeah, then he does that. Then, yeah, yeah. Get that bass whammy bar out. I did not know where that was going. By the way, I I couldn't tell from the intro that we were in for what we were in for. Where I was like, oh, holy shit! Like, yeah, this shit's crazy. George Martin on those strings too. I mean. Yeah, that's some cool shit. Infusing that into you know this already insane arrangement, and and George Martin injecting his flair. I had no idea he had anything to do with that record, but he produced it and did all the string arrangements on it. Which is like, there's there's you know it's not just that song. There's other songs on that record. Um, if any of you out there want to check it out, it's called Blow by Blow by Jeff Beck. Um, it's it's technically his first solo record, and if you want to find more songs like that, uh, you can check out the Henry's History Lesson playlist on Spotify. 
Um, but yeah, just, just crazy. I mean, I mean, I never would have associated the George Martin with that, that, that kind of music, but he did actually a lot of stuff in the jazz fusion world. Um, I, I've come to realize, which is honestly just makes it even more awesome. It makes George Martin even more of a badass than he already was. Oh yeah. Right on. Well, to talk about the same ex- exact style that that was, <laughs> we have Seth here from Moonsville Collective, um, which is also a jam you know, fusion band that started in Orange County. You know, it's crazy. Because we're going to cover both of those songs, Bluegrass. This <laughs> just play oh, those. I can't wait to see I don't that. Know it's pretty easy. All right. So for people I who don't wait. know at home that we're being sarcastic, <laughs> Moonsville is... A bluegrass band that sounds amazing. Yeah. They've been amazing. And they've been the awesome part is to think about I just saw someone uh, you guys liked a uh old photo of mine that I had taken that I didn't even realize I had of you guys on my Instagram from like years ago or something. It was like twenty thirteen or something. And I was yeah. like, You guys have been doing this as just as long as we have. how long have you guys right. been a band at this point? Yeah, I think like ten and a half years. How long have you got something like that? Mm-hmm. Over ten years, over ten years. So I think about the same amount of time we've all been playing tunes, writing songs, playing shows, hustling. They, they've been, you know, unabashedly bluegrass and themselves and fucking kicking ass at it that whole time. So uh, you know, it's it's yeah. awesome. I think we all love you here. We've all seen you guys a bunch of times, and. Did, I feel like I always see you guys when I'm not expecting it. I'll just show up somewhere and go, hey, there's Moonsville there. <laughs> you guys play like every gig in Orange County ever. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we've ran into you, like, Andrew, ran into you, like, in, in Nashville, though, or, like, other random, somewhere really, few random, oh, really random places. Do we want to like, tell our Seth stories Coast. first and then talk to Seth about stuff? Is that is that okay with you? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. So my funny Seth story is that uh, my friend I grew up with, who's my next door neighbor, moved to San Francisco, and um, he's giving me a key to his house. So I would like just spend time driving up to San Francisco, uh, and and uh, because San Francisco has like the crazy rent control laws, no one wants to give up their apartment. So I he, right. uh, he just never wanted to give up his apartment up there. So he moved in with his girlfriend, just like kept his room just in case because it was super cheap. And I think at that time his room was like seven hundred bucks, and it's probably like two thousand bucks now. So I Damn. hope he kept it and is subletting it and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I remember uh, hardly strictly was happening, and I just went up by myself. I didn't. He wasn't there. I just wanted yeah. to go to hardly strictly, and I'm like, I'll, I'll just go by myself, which is crazy. I'd never do anything like that today, you know. Yeah. And so yeah. I went to hardly strictly by myself. And I, I feel like I bought like a bottle of wine and put it in my backpack or something like that to take into the, <laughs> the festival. That's and how you do it. Yeah. I remember going and then watching bands and stuff like that and having a good time at uh, Golden Gate Park. And then, you know, you can't you can't miss Seth from like a mile away. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's a tall guy and he has that hair and, you know, and it was like, we were like literally almost standing next to each other or something. I was like, Seth, he's like, Hey, yeah. how's it going? <laughs> and I was like, it's great. And I think I like, remember taking out my bottle of wine and then just like hanging out with him, you know, until we yeah. couldn't hang out anymore. And, you know, right. I ended up wherever I ended up that night at hardly strictly, but, uh, 
Yeah, I just see you guys everywhere. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I forgot. I completely forgot about that. Probably that's a long time ago. What year was that? I a long time ago, probably like uh, early two thousands, like before. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah, probably twenty thirteen or something like that. A long time yeah, ago. Sounds about right. Yeah, good times. That's a very nice story, though. Like we had a wonderful yeah. time. Do you like want me the, to tell like the bad parts of it? Do you want well, I don't know. Like the one I have in my mind is like just just. Do you want much me to more? I could tell different. you what happened after that if you want it to get weirder and me to embarrass to myself you. more. So you can it's tell your you. more embarrassing story. That Man, sounds I've great. Been watching, uh, I've been watching a lot of uh, like comedy podcasts, and they just tell the worst stories about themselves. And I was like, I know oh. we have all these stories, but I don't know if we want to tell them or not. <laughs> So, uh, I there was a guy that I was hanging out with after that, and I just met him on the trains that were like getting out to, and taking people out of Golden Gate Park, and um, we ended up like uh, going to a, a grocery store or something like that to buy beer, and then halfway through that like process of hanging out with this guy, he told me he was homeless. And he just looked like any other normal person I've ever met in my life. Like that, he looked like any of us or nothing like that. And I couldn't like really put the pieces together because I was talking to him. And then we bought some beers and we started drinking the beers and hang out. It's like much younger Andrew. It's in San Francisco. I was at a festival and like there's a million people on the street. And he starts taking a call on his cell phone. And I was like, how does this homeless guy has this, have a cell phone? And he's like, oh, yeah, I could, like, stay at my Obama baby mama's house if I really wanted to. And I was like, you have a baby? <laughs> and it just, like, progressively ended up getting worse with this guy. And he was a really nice guy. But I'm like, man, San Francisco is weird. So you live in Golden Gate Park. You have a baby mama and you have a cell phone, but you don't have a house. And, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what's happening here? I think I ended up going back to my friend's house at that place. Uh, at that point, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it's the more embarrassing version of the rest of the night of my story. So, and the fact that you can yeah. hang out with you don't know who you're hanging what? out in with in San Francisco. It could be a billionaire and it could be a homeless guy. <laughs> Do you know which band we were watching, Andrew? Like mostly, like where we were at. Um, uh, I remember watching Ryan Adams, and I remember watching yeah. uh, a couple other people. I can't remember. Uh, I remember people were freaking out about Avid Brothers. They kind of had just broke Florida, and I just remember there was a, some band that were sort of folky with a cholo, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know about that. I remember watching... I, remember I can't remember. Like, I went to Hardly Strictly Twice, so I can't... I, I, they, they were the same show in my mind, so I remember watching Dawes. I remember going to one of yeah. them with uh, our old bass player, Nikki P. Do you remember Nikki P? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah of course. And then we watched like Sister Sparrow and the Dirty Birds yeah. and um, Dawes play. Uh, there was like a bunch of other bands that we'd see. I think uh, Robert Plant and Allison Krauss did that year. Yeah, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, and I just remember that his Golden Messenger, that dude, he's yeah. he played with Dawes forever. And I remember seeing him playing keys for that band. And it's recently I like, put it together, and I was like, yeah. Anyway, it's good times. Thanks, Andrew, for that. That felt nice. Yeah, yeah, no, and it was great to see you there, and it was like a beacon of like, see, I can go and do these things by myself, and I'll figure this shit out. So you, you know, That's right. 
Thank you guys for being as crazy as us and going to all these dumb shows. <laughs> I know some 14-year-old mandolin player kid that went up there with his brother on a, on a train. He was like 14 at that time. <laughs> it's probably not a good idea. Probably ended up hanging out with some homeless kids. I gave him some, I don't know, cheeseburger or something. He's all right. He's, he's good. Okay, Robert, what, what's your Seth story before we start in uh, talking okay, about Seth? I, I, might, Seth. I might have some prefacing, and I might just say some things that, you know, just work with me here. I feel, I feel like it's not, yeah, it's my, not my story to tell. I'm sure you remember certain aspects of it as more than I do. So um, this was a really long time ago, and uh, we were doing shows at the House of Blues in Anaheim. Uh, not the one that's there now. It, 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 it's moved locations in the past couple of years. Um, and back in the day, I was a little more reckless in my ways. And I, um, I actually drank more than I do now, um, if you can believe that. But um, um, we, this was actually one of the first shows that I had with um, another group that I play with uh, called Club Wagon. Uh, which is which is started out with me oh, and my buddy yeah. Ian Cullen um, from Jeremiah Red, and uh, we got asked to play on the floor of the House of Blues um, in between the other bands that were playing. And I'm pretty sure um, I know that obviously Moonsville was there, but also Devious Means, which was um, maybe I'll wait till Andrew gets back before I mention those guys. Um, but um, we were we were hired to play in between the bands on the floor of the like the pit area so the bands would play and then we would come out and play in the middle and then we would leave and then the band would go on the stage which was a really cool little concept and I, i'm pretty sure you guys actually did it a couple of times too um that's because bill bennett from sweet relief who we who we still do a lot of work with uh was kind of like the brains behind that and, and kind of created that aspect um but that being said um i didn't have to play a show on the stage and make sure I was coherent enough for that. And we were just playing on the floor um, of the house of blues. And I think, and I mean, I, I remember playing a couple, you know, we, we played three different sets and it started out with me and Ian and then, you know, someone else from the crowd would start. And by the, by our last set, I mean, there was like eight people that were just playing guitar cases and it was a, it was a, it was a wild time. Um, but I had drinking so much that night. Um, that at some point of the night, I, at House of Blues, there's a loading dock in the back and that's where the bands set up and that's where the bands go that I had wandered back out there and I had passed out on the pallets, you know, like next to the dumpsters, <laughs> next to like where people throw all their trash. Like I was passed out on pallets and, um, which I haven't passed out on any pallets since this night. So we can all move on from that. But I remember Seth standing over me and I'm pretty sure this was like 2012 or so. Yeah. Um, I think it was a devious means uh, like CD release party. And which is crazy because yeah. we, we got to see um, a couple of those guys yesterday at our show at docent, which I haven't seen in years and years and years. So it was crazy to see oh, them. Cool. There. Um, but yeah, so I remember coming to and Seth, the, I mean, Seth, how tall are you? Are you, are you like 6'4 or something? Yeah, 6'3, yeah. So Seth is standing, Seth, standing over me like, hey, man, do you need water or something? 
And I was like, I was looking up at him like he was like an angel. And I was like, yeah, man, that'd be great. And so like said, like goes and gets me water and like is feeding me this water. And it's like, just trying to be like, he helps me up and like back into like the realm of like real people and everything. And, um, I think, I, I mean, I, I knew who Moonsville was and we were all, you know, friends at the time, like acquaintances, but, uh, I think this yeah. was the first time that me and Seth were like, okay, we got to watch out for each other. And, uh, he really, yeah. uh, brought me back to life and made sure that someone was there to take care of me. Cause I don't even know how long I would have stayed out there on a pallet passed out if it wasn't for Seth, um, at the house of blues. So that's, that's like, I think one of the, one of the first stories I have, um, there's been a couple <laughs> other ones that, that weren't as extreme. It was just, Hey, what are you doing here at this bar? Should we just get drunk together? Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. There, we've, we've, we've been friends of the band and, uh, friends of everybody for, for many, many years. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I know Moonsville has done a lot of hoot nannies as well, which were basically backyard parties. Um, that, yeah. uh, I got to be a part of and everything like that. And, uh, it's just great to talk to you again and, uh, relive those memories that sometimes I don't really think about that often. <laughs> Internet is dying a little bit. Oh yeah. 2012. The uh, Warren just, uh, yeah, found, said that was the, the the That's crazy. From that CD release show. That's cool. Sorry, Robert. I, I lost you for a minute there, but um, that, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, you you actually played Robert. You came out to like the last big ass like backyard good nanny um, that we had when I still lived in the, at the condo. We called it the condo. Yeah. with the K in Costa Mesa, like pretty close to. Detroit, a.k.a. Detroit Bar, a.k.a. Wayfair. You guys know Detroit Bar if you're as old as us. But, yeah, we had some really fun backyard shows, and that's kind of how we wanted it. We started the band. Just, we, yeah, we didn't we didn't have a band, really. We had a bunch of friends that all played songs, you know. And uh, but you played the last one. I think there was, like, our it was our house, and then there was a lot, and then there was our neighbor's house, Bridget, who yeah. I actually saw her, like, this last Saturday. She's awesome. She's I mean, she was always down to like, she like, we, she, we literally tore our fence down, part of our fence down so we could like do the party in her lot and our backyard. And, uh, it was pretty epic. You know, we can never get sick of playing, singing the weight with everybody. Yeah. So. <laughs> right Can't on. Go wrong. And, and you have a show coming up this Saturday, uh, at hangar 24 in Irvine, um, yeah. which Victoria <laughs> Bailey is, opening up for you, which I know that you play with her quite a bit. Um, yeah. and I have a couple questions. So we've known you for over 10 years now and we knew what mm-hmm. you guys have done. I don't know if I've seen you guys play in a few years now. Um, mm-hmm. but this is kind of an, an overall question. What, what's changed for your shows, um, in the past 10 years, um, compared to when we first met to what we're going to see on Saturday, for you as a person, for you as a musician, what, what's changed in the way you look at a show or the way you look at, um, you know, entertaining people? Yeah. I mean, or is it the same exact thing? Honestly, for me personally, not that, that much has changed. I, I'm like a big people person, uh, out, you know, like um, super extroverts. So I love shows. I love bringing people together, you know, and then music is just so fun and positive for people. So 
I don't think I look at it that much differently, whether it's like we used to play at the, the camp in Costa Mesa every Saturday. I think we got paid yeah. like $25. And the taco asylum felt bad for us. So they'd give us free tacos and some beers. Nice. And uh, <laughs> like from, you know, little shows to some bigger things, we've got the opportunities to play. Just always fun to get together with the band. And, you know, we're all really close. I've known Corey in the band since he was like 12 years old. And uh, so, and I've known my dad since I was born. He's also was, that, was, that was my that was my second question. How is it being in a band with your dad? Because that's not something that's very yeah. common um, in the world that we live in, or at least the world that yeah. I live in. Um, h- how is it being in a band with your dad? Like, and not not just yeah. something that you do like when you guys are at like in in your patio or something. Like you guys are gigging. You guys are in this band together. How, how is yeah. how is that compared to just being in a band with your dudes? I mean, yeah, because I was in some rock bands like in high school and, and whatever, but uh, this feels this is the longest time I've been in a band, and it's all been my dad in the band. It's cool, man. It's really special, you know. And people that maybe aren't as cool with their dads or have, you know, it's like they come and remind me, like, wow, that's really cool. You you play with your pops, and yeah, it's it's super special. Um, sometimes I have to like make sure he shows up on time, but. he's crazy it's it's awesome it's awesome it helps that he is just just already so rad as a person um you know i I think when i first met you guys or knew you guys i didn't realize that that was your dad i just thought i was like oh they got an older guy in the band that's pretty cool um yeah but but you know dobro dan is embodies in his own self you know it's not like oh that's just seth's dad like that's yeah you know He's his own person, which I think yeah. is really rad that you guys get to share that time and that, yeah. that musical space with each other. Totally, man. It's, it's really cool. He, he loves it, and it keeps him young, you know? And it keeps us grounded, too, because he just loves to play music. He could play for, like, two people. Actually, on um, he's this is real random. You want to hear real random story? He's been yes, playing please. in Redlands with his friend Bill from an Irish band they're in for, like, over 40 years and um i don't know like st patrick's day they went and played like this place they play every year for zero people oh no they just they just want to play they just want to play music and if people are there it's cool and if nobody's there who cares just enjoy the music not in a narcissistic way just in a like music is the best like just play music with people with your friends and so pretty cool because you can get really wrapped up in a lot of the BS about it, you know, making the show perfect, making your band yeah. perfect. Nowadays, the social media and everything, and it's just like, what's important? What What is actually important? And he helps us, re- like, reminds us of what's important. Just have fun. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. It's pretty great. How, how do you, how, how are you excited about, how long has it been since you guys have played a show before Saturday comes? Uh, have we? Or how long has it been? I mean, have you guys played it all within this uh, pandemic I season? The, Robert, I call it the holidays, not to make light of the heaviness of it, but also to make light of the heaviness of it. So, um, yeah, we we did like one little key thing, like a couple months into it when numbers were lower, like, um, and then we were like, no, we can't do it. You know, obviously my dad's older, so like, got to be careful. 
like that was that was the most thing. I, that's the thing I was like concerned about, you know, just like making sure he was staying healthy. Um, but yeah, we actually did just play a show, um, pretty much like our first show, show uh, last Saturday at the Boot Barn, nice. and uh, a new Boot Barn, and uh, that was cool, like a little warm up, kind of like what you guys were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. It felt good to just like. Mm-hmm. That first song was rough, man. You know, that first song was like, ooh, nervous, like, geez. But uh, it was cool. It just like felt good to be together. And we're, um, I mean, something that's different now. We're we're trying like a little cool. We got those ear trumpet mics that we love, and they're we're kind of doing like a real more like traditional bluegrass thing where we're kind of circled up, half circle, and uh, kind of all dance around each other like a mariachi band, like a bluegrass band, like a real bluegrass band. So we're kind of trying, we're going back to like more traditional roots now. You know, we've got, we've put a bunch of different styles and recorded different songs and we're proud of all of it. But kind of going back to traditional string band stuff with fiddle and mandolin. And we've always had a bunch of different players with us, but yeah. So this will be our first like big, big show. So I, I'm excited, I'm nervous. It, it's going to be big too. Uh, those yeah. things are always like jam packed and um, oh. fun, and there's enough space for everyone to feel comfortable. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, it's the first thing to feel like a real show that we've done since all this came back. Are you guys excited? Yeah, yeah, we're freaking pumped. So pumped. We appreciate all you guys and John for helping pull it together and. Actually, you know, it's funny. We played Hangar 24 Brewery, which is in, originally in Redlands. It's still there. You guys get a chance to go out to that Hangar 24, the, their spot out there. It's literally in the hangar of the Redlands Airport, which is rad. And we play, We used to play out there, like, every couple months. And they had this little funky stage. And everybody out there is just awesome, like, loves live music and that whole community. And so it's – and then we played – actually, we opened for Everclear. That's a big Hangar 24 <laughs> Air Festival thing. I was like Father trying to find these photos. Themselves. Hell yeah. Yeah. And we were like played on the, out in this big parking lot for Hangar 24 like freaking eight years ago. I don't know. But uh, I'm sorry. I didn't make it to Everclear. I, w- I wanted to say the guy's name. I don't know his name. But yeah. Rock and roll. Whitey Ford? But, uh, the, like when he was like more of a rapper? Or what? What's the... No, no, ever. Oh, never mind. Like, Sorry, no, no, I'm thinking of House of Pain. Sorry, no, but ever. No. But uh, yeah, so it's cool that Hangers over here, and and uh, we're really pumped to to play a big old show. Yeah, it's awesome. And also play also a- play Victoria. Yeah, she's been doing great too. Um, yeah, she's having a little like you know bump and stuff. You see her doing a lot bigger stuff, and uh, you know moving forward and stuff. So that's cool. How has it been playing with her? Um. I've played it, I mean, you know, this last year has been not that many shows. But uh, yeah, I played a few shows with Vic, and yeah, I love Victoria, just like knowing her for years now and just want to support her. So um, Corey from the band has like been supporting her a little bit with some management things and helping her with uh, connect with a, a label in Nashville, Rockridge, and they've been doing great stuff. So we're like, it's just. At this point now in the game, it's just like we love playing music. We hope we can get back out to Pappy and Harriet soon, and just like oh, kind man. of our staple shows. You know, play play the Wayfair, like play the Wayfair every once in a while, like back out to Pappy and Harriet's, and and uh, play some more backyard kind of rambles. Let's do it. Let's do it. 
let's all get out there. We need to get outside. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think we've actually talked about that probably two years about ago. It for a while, yeah. Uh, yeah. If not, like five years ago, and three years ago, and four years ago, <laughs> and every year that we're a band. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, know why we, we don't play to, there like every week. I just to, love to go down there. It's, yeah, it's magic. It's magical. We did actually. I didn't. I wasn't sure if I was going to share, but I'll share it now. We did sneak out there like a couple months into COVID, um, and play. Like, we didn't sneak, but they like. We did like a low key show where they were just like trying it to see like what we didn't know what the hell was going on with the world, mm. and we played we played outside, but like, we tell anybody, and then I told a few people, and then everybody was telling each other just like text messages, which was kind of punk rock and like underground, <laughs> but uh, it it was uh it was it wasn't the way I thought I played my first show outside at Pappy's, but uh it was it was cool, but it was like really low key, and everyone was just like kind of. To sit at their tables and um but uh we love that venue and can't wait to get out there and yes definitely we all need to to rock the desert sky together yeah please let us know yes. when you're playing if we can either play as well or just come to your show because i love Pappy yeah, out of you guys and that things. just sounds like a great you know yeah. night away yeah. um i think we've played there For one sure. time uh i think we played with silent comedy twice we played there twice mm. Did we play it twice? I, I remember the silent comedy one. I remember one more time. Am I crazy? I don't know if you're crazy or if I'm uh, can't remember anything, which I can't. So uh, well, um, I definitely remember the silent comedy night. That's the only one I remember. And it might have been something else. Yeah, <laughs> can't tell. Did you guys story. heard? Not, you need to show a rival sons show out there. No, no. not at not at Pappy's. Uh, okay, that, that would have been red cool. too. Silent comedy is red. Are they still going? You still playing? Uh, every now and then. Uh, we had Josh yeah. on here uh, not too long ago. I mean, not too long ago, meaning it's yeah, probably like good. five months ago. But um, uh, yeah, they're good. Uh, yeah, they, uh, they two, the two brothers moved out to Nashville together. Uh, I know Chad is still uh -huh. here. And I think they do fly-in dates when they get offers and random things here and there. Um, cool. So I, I think they're still a band and they're still great people and, and interested in doing the music, they might just not be doing it as much as um, they used to. And that was before, you know, COVID hit. So, yeah. Yeah. But, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I just, it's, it's so great to even just talk to you. Cause it's been, it's been a bit, uh, it's been a yeah, while. We always run, yeah. Run into each other more often. Well, we, I feel like, like more shows. Feel like you just moved to LA, and once yeah. I say again, not just you've moved to LA, um, yeah. however long ago, and so I'm not right. Is am I wrong? Yeah, no, I'm. I, I went to Orange County for a lot up to um, Long Beach for a little while, for years, and now up in Highland Park. But we're all kind of all over the place. Seth, let's go hang out. I live in Pasadena. I know. What are we doing? I know. <laughs> I heard you say that earlier, but I know we just like froze <laughs> like, on this thing or not. Yeah, so I'm in Highland Park. Like, I'm near the oh, hi hat and no, okay. lots of fun spots. <laughs> but we, we we mostly, Corey's in Whittier, and so we Moonsville headquarters is like Whittier. It's kind of our centralized spot. Um, but uh, uh, definitely like Orange County and, and Costa Mesa and the Wayfair is like, you know, always going to be home base. Like where we're where we where we were getting get really getting going, you know. And it's still such a strong like spot for us and so many good friends and folks down there. So Yeah, and Corey good Corey times. 
has been in Whittier forever, right? I mean, for forever. Multiple yeah, years. like born and raised Whittier, bro. Because yeah. uh, so my it's first kind record of funny that I is like we're always. Oh, sorry, it's short now. Go ahead. Let's keep talking. Oh yeah, we're kind of we've always been kind of in the middle of Orange County, like where we all grew up is all like Whittier, La Mirada. It's like the border of LA, but not Orange County. We're like stuck. We're in the middle. We're not stuck. We're just there, you know. Um, uh, so it's, I don't know. There's always that funny thing. Like you're trying to claim, like, where's your band from? You're from LA. You're from Orange County. You're from Long Beach. Are you from Los Alamitos? You know? So we've just, yep. you know, I don't know. I think we chose something. We don't even care about what trying to brand ourselves, but like, we're from some outskirt area of, <laughs> of, um, LA or something, whatever. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. We're just like suburban kids, you know, just playing scrappy string band music. And it all comes from learning songs from my dad and whatever. So it's good stuff. Great. That's so funny. We get that question in interview all the interviews all the time. You guys, you guys sound like a Southern rock band, uh, but you're not mm. from the South. How did that happen? And it's like, you just listen to music and then you play what you like. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, we get that too. Like, wait, you guys are from Southern California? It's like, I don't even know where to, where do you want me to start with like rad musicians from Southern California that or came out here because the like, weather is nice. Records don't make their way to other parts of the country. Like, it's some, you know. <laughs> no. Yeah, Moonsville's yeah. from the Blue Ridge Mountains and we're from Alabama. Yeah. I think Huntsville. Just people want, like, they just can't accept the fact that, like, like, I think I wrote this, whatever, in some interview we did the other day, which was like, um, the American songbook plays the exact same all over the country, you know? So if there's whatever, like, the weight is in the American songbook, and you hear that on every classic rock station across the country, and every, like, station that does top 40 hits or whatever from all the eras, you're going to hear yeah. the weight, you know what I mean? So everyone in America knows that song. And when we go to Europe... Yeah. Everyone in Europe knows that song too because it's in the European American songbook that plays over there everywhere, you know? Right. So there's a right, right. there's like southern like legit southern rock bands. We're friends with this band called Redbeard. And yeah. uh, they're from Spain. <laughs> and they sound exactly like they're from, you know, uh oh, hell yeah. just because they love the music. It's so cool. Yeah, and there's like incredible like Japanese like bluegrass bands and like really tight. Really? Bands. Damn. Bring back. Yeah. Yeah. They're probably so good. Yeah. Music's rad. Yeah. Kick our ass. <laughs> For sure. I got to look that up. What are they called? They're just, they just are, Andrew. Just, just go with it. Just believe it. <laughs> Did you just lie to me? <laughs> it's like I fell for it like an idiot. Uh, I don't know the name of the specific one. Oh, right. uh, it's all good. No, but that's all. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, it, you know. You just play music you like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, one thing I was going to mention earlier when we were talking about Whittier is Whittier is where I recorded my first solo record uh, in like 2007 or 2008 with Sam Knott, which I know that you guys had worked with. um, I know Corey worked with even before I did that. Yeah. um, Which is always just fun because I, you know, at the time you're like, I'm just driving, you know, 
to this city to record a record, you don't really realize like what else is going on in this, in this city um, yeah. of Whittier. Cause it was just, you know, never, it's never talked about. I mean, for that much, mm-hmm. it was just, it was fun to, to see that connection there. Cause uh, I mean, I remember yeah. being there when, I don't know how old I was in 2007, but I graduated high school. So that's the year that I was working with Sam. And then knowing that you guys had worked with him before and also seeing you guys work with him again, I was like, Oh man, like, just like, it's just, the, the musical world gets smaller and smaller sometimes uh, the more and more people we meet and the more, more and more things we do um, it keeps getting smaller. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's where, I mean, we recorded Blue Money Grove at the his back studio and tracked yeah. everything. It took us forever to track that thing. We were, I don't know, but it was, it all came out. Cool. There's still some of our, like our songs we love to play and the people loved it us to play so it's funny it's and, kind of our and that baby was, album that was the track that i wanted to play you can um, play it still i don't which care. i got which i got vetoed from seth because that's one of my favorite songs by you guys play, um, play it. I, I like i just remember seeing you guys at the constellation room um at the observatory here in orange county and you guys were yeah. playing some show i don't i don't have no idea what it was we might have even been on the bill who knows but you guys came out with that song because it was like brand new at the time. And I was like looking around. I'm like, what, what is this Moonsville? Like this Moonsville is playing a bluegrass like hit, like not like a, not like a, like a, no, you know, like not like a song that everyone has done in the past with your own groove on it. Like this is like, yeah, I, I don't know. Kind of a, it, swing, a swing thing. Like a it was like a head swingy. changer for me. I was just like, Oh man. Yeah. So first of all, will I be hearing that song on Saturday or will I not? Cause if you can prepare me now, then I won't be upset if I don't. We'll play blue. We'll play blue money girl on Saturday. Oh, yeah. oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're, uh, if you're in Southern California and you're listening to this either live on Facebook, or if you go on Podbean or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts in the next three days, um, they will be playing at hangar 24 in Irvine on this Saturday which I don't have the date in my head, but April 3rd, there we go. April 3rd. Uh, it's going to be an awesome show uh, with Victoria Bailey opening up, who is her own separate, beautiful voice of a country artist. And I'm very excited for that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Bring it Vic. And uh, you know, unless anyone else here in the rec has any questions for Seth, which I'll give you a second we would love to play a Moonsville collective song to end this evening. Um, which also, I guess, make sure that Henry has that ready to go, which he does. And, uh, can you, can you give me just a, a quick synopsis of why you wanted to play this song instead of blue money Grove? <laughs> um, I love blue money Grove. It's a great song. I think, uh, it's a fun song, but heavy. It just kind of like has this really good energy. Also, and it's just fun. And Cor- Corey wrote this song um, about his family and his grandpa and driving out to um, Big Pine and like Bishop area 395. If anybody's ever been yeah, out there towards Gamble. sure. And uh, it's just a really good feel good song. And it's just that's what stuff we love to do. And so I just I thought it'd be fun. It just it's got a lot of fill in it and harmonica and all the crazy elements of things that we're, we're going to be playing on Saturday. So I love it. It's what you're, you're going to get. This Saturday, so does, Phil, 
does Phil still play fiddle Phil's, with you, or do you? Yeah, have someone no, else? Phil's, we get we won't fiddle as much as we can. So Phil's pretty much yeah. So you know, I went to pretty high much. school with Phil, right? <laughs> yeah, he told me that. And he used That's to be great. in a band called the Briefcases. Oh yeah, I saw that band a bunch. Which was a ska band, and he was like Actually, a couple grades ahead of me. Yeah, yeah they beat me at a battle of bands in high school, but I don't talk about it. That's all right. We'll let it slide. Still a sensitive subject. Santa Fe Springs, Santa Fe Springs. Got to watch out for that area. But uh, anyway, Seth, thank you so much for being here this evening on our 85th episode. And um, we can't wait to see you on Saturday, as well as everyone else that's coming to that show. Um, and uh, thank you, everyone, for listening and um, tuning in on Facebook. Go check out all of our episodes, all 84 other ones that you haven't heard yet. Um, but this one is probably one of the best ones because Seth is one of the best people that I know. So on that note, we are going to listen to Bud Heavy by Moonsville Collective to end the night out. Thank you guys so much. I don't know what Steve usually says to end this thing, but be good to each other and get wrecked. <laughs> Ooh.